0: No, Mr. Green. Communism is just a red herring. Like all members of the oldest profession, I'm a capitalist.
1: Hello, and welcome to Mueller She Wrote. I'm your non-anonymous host, Alison Gill. You know me as AG. We have a big show today as we continue to dust off the good old Alphabank Trump Tower back channel server communication saga I have some exclusive reporting that only Muller she wrote, has from a very reliable source who has spoken with me on the condition of anonymity. There's also some movement in the Rudy Giuliani case, as we have a new update from the special master, Barbara Jones. We have a new indictment in the Durham investigation of the Oranges, and it's just as stupid as the Sussman indictment. And I'll have former counterintelligence assistant director and host of the Bureau podcast, Frank Fagluzzi, on with me later, who poured over the indictment with me to discuss it in length. There's some news out about the Manhattan District Attorney's Office going on with that Trump organization Weiselberg type investigation and a little bit more on the Tom Barrett case. And of course, we'll have some sabotage and the Fantasy Indictment League. So big show. Also, today begins with the new MSW Book Club series on Hear Right Matters by Colonel Alexander Vindman. That's an eight part series with the final episode to include the author himself, with me, answering questions posed by you, our patrons. To find the form to send in a question about the book for Alex to answer, just head to patreon.com slash wrote, You get access to ad-free episodes of M. Miller, she wrote as a patron. You get ad-free episodes of The Book Club, The Daily Beans. You get bonus content, meetup information, happy hour Zoom calls our weekly newsletter that includes my personal research notes, access to private social media groups, all for 3 bucks a month or $36 a year. Your contribution goes towards increasing pay and benefits to our amazing team. So thank you so much for sponsoring and being a patron of these shows. All right, we have a lot of news to get to, so let's jump in with just the facts. All right, y'all, check this shit out. Tom Barrick's ex-assistant, who complained that wearing an ankle bracelet interfered with his surfing and tennis lost his legal bid to remove the GPS tracking device while he awaits trial with his former boss on charges of acting as an unregistered foreign agent. U.S. District Judge Brian Kogan on Tuesday rejected a request by Matthew Grimes, a 28-year-old, to modify his bail conditions. Grimes' attorney, guess who, Abby Lowell, said in court papers that his client can't immerse the device in water and that it was embarrassing to wear, and it impeded his search for new employment. Oh, God, white people problems. Here's a quote from the judge. It seemed to me the purposes you're offering are not all that compelling, he said in federal court in Brooklyn, New York. The evidence against Grimes is, quote, overwhelming because he was, quote, a central actor essential to the success of the illicit foreign influence campaign. That's according to prosecutors who warned the judge that he is subject by pressure to Barrick and the foreign leaders that they're accused of helping. Lowell, Abby Lowell, insisted that the chance of Grimes fleeing his Southern California home is remote. But Kogan said, quote, the circumstances of this case are so unique, this is the judge, that removing the bracelet doesn't warrant taking that degree of risk. Again, the circumstances of this case are so unique. This is some shit we haven't seen most of the time. Despite rejecting the ankle monitor request, the judge did agree with other bail modifications. He let Grimes travel domestically if he gives prior notice, lifted a curfew and increased the amount he can spend without giving prior notice to $100,000 from $10,000. Oh, yay. Tom Barrick, founder of Colony Capital Inc. and former top Trump fundraiser, was charged in July with illegally lobbying for the United Arab Emirates, as well as obstruction of justice and lying to federal officials during a 2019 interview. Grimes was also charged with illegal lobbying. Both have pleaded not guilty and deny wrongdoing. Prosecutors feared that Grimes had, quote, directly interacted with extremely wealthy, powerful foreign powers. That's Assistant U.S. Attorney Ryan Harris. And those foreign officials could ensure, quote, that he was able to get away and his family could be made whole. Kogan asked if the prosecutors had intelligence that, quote, there has been any discussion or chatter about interfering with this trial. Harris said he was not in a position to answer. The judge said, you don't know or you can't say. And Harris said, I don't think I can in a public setting, and I don't think it's appropriate. This case will also involve sealed hearings about evidence protected under the Classified Information Procedures Act. Again, very unique case. So let's put this into context, because Barrick recommended Manafort for the campaign chair job. He also sat atop the criminal enterprise known as the Trump inaugural, with Manafort pal Rick Gates as the deputy. And as we well know from Andrew Weissman's book, who has been radio silent since tweeting out our Daily Beans interview in July, just 10 days before Tom Barrick was indicted, Andrew Weissman said they did have enough to nab Manafort for conspiracy when he handed over that polling data to a known Russian agent, known as Konstantin Kalimnik. And we know the current case against Tom Barrick includes classified information. And we also know that very recently, Tom Barrick unloaded two expensive trial lawyers. And as you know, I have personally heard rumors intelligence from my inside sources, which are very reliable, but have not yet been corroborated by any major news outlets, that Tom Barrick is cooperating with the feds, or at least trying to. We also know that Tom Barrick was the preferred link of communication between MBS, MBZ, and the White House. And according to the indictment, Tom Barrack lobbied for the Middle East Marshall Plan to give U.S. nuclear technology to the United Arab Emirates and the Saudis. We also know Trump accepted a massive bribe from Saudi Arabia, and that the Saudis made a huge payment to a bank in Egypt, and that there was a fourth team in the Mueller office looking into that and other financial issues that have yet to be uncovered. We also know there was enough to charge Tom Barrack last year, but prosecutors sat on this until Trump and Barr were gone. The Inspector General of the Department of Justice is investigating whether Barr blocked or quashed any federal probes against political allies during his tenure. I'm excited to see what happens in that Inspector General report and also what happens in the Tom Barrack probe. And I have some exclusive information from a reliable source about the Alpha Bank Trump Tower Spectrum Health covert communications. As you know, this story has recently resurfaced because Durham, the special counsel appointed by Bill Barr to investigate the oranges. And in case you wonder why I keep saying oranges, that's what Donald said at one point. He couldn't say the word origins. So he repeated the word oranges several times. So now we just call it the oranges when I'm talking about investigating the investigation of Trump Russia. That's the oranges. Anyway, um, Durham, this this whole thing came back. This Alpha Bank thing came back. But Durham indicted a lawyer named Sussman, who was close to researchers looking into the weird communications between a server in Trump Tower, and a couple of Alpha Bank servers, and a Spectrum Health server. Alpha Bank is the biggest bank in Russia, and its CEO Peter Aven wanted a back channel for Russian communications with the Trump transition team. Co-founder of the Alpha Bank, Herman Kahn has a son-in-law named Alex Vanderswan who was indicted in the Mueller probe for lying about his communications with Rick Gates and Konstantin Kalimnik. And Spectrum Health is a Betsy DeVos joint. And we know her brother was a proxy for Trump when he met with representatives from Russia and the United Arab Emirates in the Seychelles to discuss sanctions and setting up a back channel of communication during the Trump transition. Anyhow, my source, my very reliable source, tells me a new piece of information that has not publicly been reported, from what I can find at least. If it has, shoot it on over to me. I haven't seen it. That new information is that the Trump server sent out a ping to five servers. Hello. And three responded. Hey, we hear you. Two Alpha Bank servers and one Spectrum server. Those are the three. And the Trump Tower server exclusively communicated with only those three servers. It did not communicate with tens of thousands of other servers as had been suggested or posited, which would indicate spam or marketing communications like a normal company does. No, the Trump server was only talking to Spectrum and the two Alphabank servers. And that is a very new piece of kind of important information. So take that into account. When you hear reports about what's going on with Alpha Bank. we know Maddow, Recently, covered a big chunk of uh, important information coming from the original researchers who looked into the Alpha Bank stuff and had concluded in emails that this was definitely a covert communications back channel and that Trump and Alpha Bank tried to cover it up. Despite Durham's assessment in his 27 page indictment for one charge of lying that those researchers had concluded that there was no there there. He left out exculpatory information. I think that's a Brady violation. I don't think he should be special counsel. I don't think he was appointed under any authority, but I digress. Finally, the Manhattan District Attorney, Cy Vance. We know he's been using a special grand jury, meeting three times a week since May. And with that grand jury, he did indict Weisselberg and the Trump Organization on multiple counts of tax fraud for basically executives getting perks without paying taxes on them, such as school tuition, cars, and apartments. That grand jury expires in the next two weeks. And we know additional indictments are coming because Weisselberg's attorney said so in court a couple weeks ago. So we got a little Christmas gift. The Manhattan District Attorney's Office has impaneled another special grand jury for another six months to meet three days a week. And according to those familiar with this shiz, this one will be focusing on asset valuations, property valuations, and those pesky conservation easements I've been talking about forever. All right. As you know, illegitimate special counsel John Durham, tasked with the oranges, has arrested a Russian guy that gave information to Christopher Steele for lying to the FBI, and he wants you to believe... That the lies are material because apparently, according to Durham in this very long indictment, uh, according to him, the Steele dossier was heavily relied upon for the opening of Crossfire Hurricane, the Mueller probe, the Carter Page FISA warrant. Uh, apparently, it was the basis for the Magna Carta. It's the reason we're setting our clocks back this week. It's the basis for the strong nuclear force that holds all matter and therefore reality together. You know, the steel dossier responsible for everything. And joining me next to discuss the latest loser of an indictment is former assistant director of the FBI for counterintelligence and host of the podcast, The Bureau, Frank Figlusi. Stay with us. Hey, everybody, it's AG. And today's episode is brought to you by the Wild Alaskan Company. If you'd like to cook a lot, like I do, and you know that flavorful meals start with high-quality food and simple ingredients, you are going to love Wild Alaskan Company. Their seafood is frozen right after it's caught for peak freshness so you can avoid the fuss of unhealthy sauces and over-seasoning. Instead, all you need are a few simple ingredients and you've got a delicious lunch or dinner for your whole family, or for just you. Wild Alaskan Company delivers high-quality, sustainably-sourced, wild-caught seafood right to your door. Each shipment contains premium cuts of individually-wrapped portions for delicious seafood experiences that are ready-to-prepare and easy-to-cook and amazing-to-eat. Choose from salmon, cod, halibut, and more, or a combination— and every month there are different specials to explore. Wild Alaskan Company Seafood is how nature intended it to be. Always wild, never farmed, never modified, no antibiotics. And you can adjust, pause or cancel your membership anytime. I've done it, it's super simple. And they offer a 100% satisfaction guarantee or your money back, so there's no risk. And right now, you can get $15 off your first box of premium seafood when you visit wildalaskancompany.com/msw. That's wildalaskan, a l a s k a n, company.com/msw for $15 off your first box. WildAlaskanCompany.com/msw, and please use our URL to let them know we sent you. And today's show is also brought to you by Front. If you want to invest in the long term, it helps to invest on your terms. Maybe you're pro solar. Maybe you're a cannabis supporter. Maybe you're an emerging market crypto nerd. Whoever you are, you should invest in what you believe in. And that's what makes Wealthfront so great. In just minutes, you can get started with Wealthfront's classic portfolio, or you can make things custom with the investments you care most about. Wealthfront even offers a socially responsible portfolio, which I love. It's a mix of funds built around human rights, climate change, and sustainability. woo Wealthfront is super easy to personalize, meaning you can tweak your portfolio to match the things you care about, like clean energy funds, crypto, cannabis, and hundreds more. So no matter what you're into, Wealthfront will help you build your wealth responsibly and protect you from making a bad mistake, like going all in on some bad advice you got on Reddit. Best of all, Wealthfront is totally automated. They do all the trading and all the rebalancing, and they even help lower your tax bills as you invest. Wealthfront is trusted with over $27 billion in assets, helping nearly half a million people build their wealth. Get your first $5,000 managed for free at Wealthfront.com slash MSW. It takes just minutes to start building your wealth. Visit Wealthfront.com slash MSW. That's Wealthfront, F-R-O-N-T com slash MSW. Everybody, welcome back. Joining me today, host of The Bureau, amazing podcast, author of The FBI Way, and former assistant director of the FBI for Counterintelligence, Mr. Frank Fagluzzi. Frank, hello, welcome back to Mueller. She wrote, "It's been a long time since you've been on this particular podcast."
0: That's true. Sometimes I get confused about where I am at any given time, but uh, now you've reminded me. I'm glad to be on uh, on Mueller. She wrote,
1: "Yeah, and we did. You know, we did talk a little bit on the Daily Beans about what's been going on with with what we're about to discuss. uh, You know, with uh, regards to this indictment from from Durham, uh, which." I do apologize again. I know we talked about this. You cannot get those two hours of your life back that you spent <laughs> reviewing this indictment. Uh, but I really wanted to do a deep dive into this in, in, on the Mueller She Wrote podcast, because as you know, Bill Barr appointed John Durham uh, prior as special counsel from within the government, which is weird because that's against the uh, rules of appointment for a special counsel. But, you know, whatever. That's neither here nor there yet. Uh, and we've talked about the Sussman indictment. Uh, I know you and I have discussed that as well. We've talked about the Klein Smith indictment, um, sure. and now we're on the third indictment, and this is for lying to the uh, FBI, right? To to investigators, to the special counsel.
0: It's five. It's five counts. And as first, let me back up um, for those wondering what what we're talking about uh, when I say I lost two hours of my life. Um, I say that because I, I took the time to read this indictment by Durham a couple of times. I, I researched independently to refresh my recollection, as they say, on whether you know things were accurately portrayed in his indictment or not. And I came away thinking, boy, I just wasted uh, two hours of my life because I don't think it was worth the investment of time. That's, that's my summary of this indictment. But I want to get into the weeds on it. And um, yes, it's five counts of title 18 usc 1000, 1001 which is lying to the fbi and um i'll note that he's you know it's like you know do you remember i don't know about you but what, you had you had to show your work in math homework in, in middle school or elementary school and you didn't know what was going on so you kind of just you know three pages of notations about numbers and things that's essentially what he's done with this. It's 39 pages. And um, he's, the five counts, you say, well, that sounds serious, five federal counts of lying. Three, three of them at, at least. Now, maybe, hold on, let me check my notes. Um, no, two, two, three, four, and five. So, four of them are all related to the same lie, um, which is... Interesting. Now, now, allegedly, he lied on different dates to the FBI, but that's that's not usual. So he's, he's kind of making something out of this. Let's let's dig into it. Um, I want to I want to preface this by saying something. When people are found to have lied to the FBI. Uh, they should be charged if it's yes. material. OK, I want to say that up front, because I know some people are going to particularly maybe on some other network that we shall not name. Michael, look at this former FBI agent somehow defending some Russian who's lied to the FBI. That's not me. If you lie to the FBI, you know, God help you. And if it's found to be material, you should should be charged. Okay. Having said that, I started getting really concerned in just the first few paragraphs by the way the narrative is being shaped. It's a story, it's not really that much of a, an indictment stating facts. Here, here's some of the shaping I'm talking about. In the very first paragraph, Dern says, Crossfire Hurricane, that's the initial FBI, Russian counterintelligence investigation, was, was all about whether or not the Trump campaign was coordinating with the Russian government. Well, Crossfire Hurricane was much bigger than that. It was, were, were the Russians interfering in the 2016 election writ large, Right. It's a it's a it was a comprehensive counterintelligence investigation. So from really the first sentence in the first paragraph, he's already shaping this narrative for us. Like, hey, I'm telling you, the FBI thought Trump was no good. And that's why they opened this case. And now I'm about to tell you it's all a house of cards. That That's from paragraph one. OK, then he says. Um, and, and by the way, I'll just note on whether or not Russia was or not coordinating with Trump campaign people um, exhibit a. Paul Manafort and his deputy uh, at campaign headquarters, who he was passing campaign data to, who now has been called a known Russian agent. So, okay, you, you know, coordinate, not, you figure that out. All right. Um, now, I also happen to mention that special counsel Mueller invited two dozen Russians, okay, and he... <laughs> And again, if people are saying, yep, see, no coordination, because they're saying it now on, on a certain news network. See that? Nothing there. Uh, independent of anything that, that Durham's talking about, Mueller indicted two dozen Russians. Twelve of them were card-carrying GRU intelligence agents. So, again, you you make the call on that. Paragraph two. Paragraph two. He refers to, now, he never names Christopher Steele, but he's talking about Christopher Steele. Paragraph two, he calls Steele just a former British government employee. OK, um, Christopher Steele was the head of the Russia desk for Russia, for uh, British intelligence.
1: Yeah, that, that's like calling me, you know, I am a former U.S. federal government employee. Yeah, same, well, same here. Right. That would be like you and I did the same thing.
0: Yeah. yeah <laughs> you no, know, no, no, no characterization of his expertise, his whole career devoted to studying Russia. No, no. he's a former uh, British government employee. OK. Um, paragraph three. Hillary Clinton's campaign retained a firm to conduct research against Trump. Well, he never mentions anywhere in there that okay, hold on, the, this whole thing started with Republicans paying for research against uh, Trump because they didn't like Trump, right? It was uh, it was it was it, so no mention of hey, this whole this thing started with Republicans blaming everything on on Hillary Clinton at this point. Very interesting. Um, and then this is big, and you and I have talked about this. The biggest mischaracterization of all in Durham's indictment and his, his lovely story is that everything hinged on the steel dossier. Just everything. My God, the, the Carter Page affidavit, you know, that how, that hinged on the Steele dossier. Um, the whole thing that rolled into the Mueller inquiry, that hinged on the steel do- significantly. Well, the Carter, the car, and by the way, he describes Carter Page as an advisor to the presidential campaign. The the counterintelligence case on Carter Page predates any of that. The FBI thought Carter Page was no good and a Russian operative for well before um, he became connected in whatever way he was to the Trump campaign.
1: Yeah, and and he was an informant for the CIA. That goes back to Klein Smith's thing. But you know, yeah. informants, criminal informants, are not always innocent um, because they are part of the crimes. And that's true in this case with, with what was going on with the Russians that were indicted and one still on the lam, I think, in 2013 or something like that. And not to mention, Frank, by the time that FISA warrant was signed by Rod Rosenstein, uh, by the time that FISA warrant was signed by Rod Rosenstein, who Inspector General Horowitz said that would have been signed regardless of whether the Steele dossier was uh, accounted for or not. <laughs> Right. That, that was that uh, was signed. That renewal was signed after Carter Page had left the Trump campaign and was no longer an advisor. Right.
0: So so now we have Durham contradicting the DOJ Inspector General's finding that the Carter Page affidavit would have would have been signed regardless of the dossier. But it's this larger mischaracterization and this this um, misplaced reliance on the dossier that he keeps hitting us over the head with that simply isn't. Accurate. So so all all of that goes toward just really a suspect reason and for a very long stretch of an indictment. And so paragraph seven um, says the FBI was unable to corroborate most of the substantive allegations in the dossier and the research reports. That's simply not true. In fact, most experts will tell you that the majority of the dossier has been proven accurate. So, uh, particularly, you know, the dossier, the, everybody keeps thinking about the P-tapes and when they think of the dossier, the dossier broadly said, I think the Russians are engaged in interfering with the election. That, that, that was the message of the dossier, which has been proven true for what we just talked about. The two dozen Russians indicted, Manafort's uh, campaign deputy that got data, uh, all, all, uh, you know, the, the hacking, the propaganda, all of that. So, Paragraph 11. All right, now we're getting into the meat of the of why you get charged for lying to the FBI. And again, no sympathy for anybody who does that. This guy that, that's been indicted for that is called Igor Danchenko. And I have to tell you, no great shock that a shady suspect Russian-type uh, operative um, shockingly lied to the FBI. Oh, my God, we should be amazed at that, Right. I'm being sarcastic because, of course, the FBI, when when looking at a data that may be subsourced from somebody like this and and whether they knew at the time or not, we, we need more details here. Right. How much did the FBI know and when that may be the next thing Durham's headed for. But, you know, the, there's supposed to be some shock factor in this. indictment. Oh, my God. Christopher Steele relied on somebody uh, who's a shady Russian guy who lied. Um, yeah. As you said earlier. Informants. I've never had an informant who was a Sunday school teacher. I just never <laughs> have. So, I, you know, I, that's just the way it goes. Um, now, what's he lied about? Okay.
1: Yeah. I, I want to get into the specifics yeah. of the lie because there are certain things, and I would expect another bill of particulars to come quickly after this, notwithstanding any pre trial motions. But no. I have to take a quick break. Will you stay with me? Sure. Thanks. Everybody, we'll be right back. Hey, everybody, it's A.G., and I want to thank Credit Karma for sponsoring this portion of the show. Do you sometimes feel overwhelmed when it comes to handling personal finances? I do. You aren't the only one. You are not alone. And Credit Karma is here to help you make those big calls with more confidence. Whether you're refinancing credit card debt or paying for an upcoming expense, Credit Karma uses your credit data to show you fresh personal loan offers that are personalized just for you. And the best part about Credit Karma is it's completely free, and comparing loan offers won't affect your credit score. Finding the right loan when I needed to pay off home renovations was challenging, but with Credit Karma, they made it so incredibly easy and helpful. Uh, It was just wonderful. Their customer service is, is amazing. Plus, Credit Karma helps you keep track of your financial progress and lets you know if you can refinance to save money. No bank does that. Ready to apply? Head to creditkarma.com slash loanoffers to see personalized offers with your approval odds right now. Go to creditkarma.com slash loanoffers to find the loan for you. Again, creditkarma.com slash loanoffers. You'll be glad you did. Everybody, welcome back. We are talking with uh, former assistant director of the FBI for counterintelligence, host of The Bureau, which is an amazing podcast, uh, Frank Vagluzzi. And Frank, before the break, we were about to get into the Statements, the lies, right? The actual one thousand and ones, if if you if you will, and and I'm reminded immediately of the Sussman indictment because in the bill of particulars, Sussman's lawyers came back to Durham and said, "Hey, you didn't even put down word for word what the lie is, or whether or not it was an omission." or a lie, 1001A or 1001B, that was a bill of particulars filed by right. Sussman's lawyers saying, oh, we won't get into materiality yet. But what are the particulars here of the lie or the lies, oh, yeah. two lies, yeah. right?
0: I do want to talk about materiality later, because it's kind of, it is really kind of like a middle school approach to, to showing things you know people are going to take issue with. But, but anyway, all right. So charge one, essentially, is that he lied when he said he never communicated with Somebody referred to as PR executive one um, specific about anything specific in the dossier, in the reporting, any allegations that have come up in, in all of this reporting. He's never he says, i never communicated with uh, PR executive one. We don't know who that is. Well, Durham comes in and says, that's a lie. That's a lie. Now, here's the thing imagine yourself on a jury because this if this goes to a jury, um, it's going to be very interesting. When you're presented with this, I, th- I I'd never the language is and he does Durham does include language. Um, I, I, I never said anything specifically about those charges, communicated that with communicated about that with PR1. but um, perhaps we talked about related issues. Oh boy. Really, you're charging that the guy says perhaps we talked about related issues. Good, good luck with that charge. No, number two, he, uh, Danchenko lied when he guessed who an anonymous caller was, and he said it was the head of the Russian Chamber of Commerce in the you know in the U.S. Okay, let's that's talk. About
1: Sergei, it. That's Sergei. That's Sergei Milion, by the way.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, let's talk about it.
1: How can you lie about guessing?
0: Well, e- exactly. I think I'm talking to Allison Gill. Sounds like Allison Gill. Could be wrong. I think that's who it was. Now, now Durham goes on Liar. later. On. Oh, you're lying. <laughs> Sorry. Now, but I will say this to give to give Durham credit. Later on, he explains more details. Um, he says Danchenko was lying because he went on a New York trip after this. Uh, and never never met. We see no evidence that he met with this guy because the whole thing was about setting up a, a, a face-to-face with the head of the Russian Chamber of Commerce. Durham says you're lying because that never happened. In fact, I see you going to the Bronx Zoo in New York one day and you didn't meet with the guy while you were in New York. And the time frame where you say you got this anonymous call um, predates... The trip to New York, where you went to the Bronx Zoo, and later on, you sent an email to the head of the Russian Chamber of Commerce, and you said, "Hey, we're still not meeting. Are you are you are you seeing my emails?" And he and you told somebody else, "Hey, he's not agreeing to a meeting." But yet, you think you got an anonymous call that was him. Okay, again, good luck with that charge, um, because beyond a reasonable doubt that he didn't get. And remember, this is a shady underworld of Russian intel, Russian organized crime. Who knows who? And do people get anonymous calls? Yes. Do they, do they? Can you prove a negative? You never got an anonymous call. Good luck.
1: Yeah. Good, good. Yeah. Well, I was going to ask, how can you prove that someone did not get a call?
0: Yeah. And when, again, when you, you're going to hang the guy by his own words, where he says, I think that's, I think it was that guy who called me. I don't know. Okay. Good luck with that. Um. So we, we go on now. Let's talk about Oh, the, the, the three that now it's four charges involving this Chamber of Commerce scenario, this guy, the anonymous call guy. Well, it's merely I'm not I'm not I'm not downplaying lying to the FBI if he if he's guilty and it's material. Great. But it's just breaking down the separate charges from the same set of facts. You lied to us here. You lied to us there. Well, he kept saying basically the same thing. I think it was that guy. And they kept charging him now with it. So let's talk about the key to a, a lie a charge for a thousand one materiality. Now, you know, in the Sussman case, all the talking heads all over television, all the legal experts were saying there really is no materiality here. The guy Sussman never he's accused of lying about what, about who he about which client he might have been representing, if any, at any given time when he reported his concerns to the FBI. Uh, And I don't see materiality in that. You should go to the FBI. With yeah. his co- with a concern,
1: and and Durham said, "Well, you know, it's material because the FBI might have done things different."
0: Right. So now, chastised by television pundits, here comes John Durham with this indictment, and and repeatedly, <laughs> I, I shouldn't be laughing, but repeatedly in the indictment, Durham uses phrases like "very material," "really material," "substantially material." He he's been chastised, right? So hes saying, "I'm telling you, this is material." and and so how what why is it material? Um well, two things. Um, the Carter Page wiretap might never have happened.
1: That's not if, true, according. We know TV that's Twitter just channel.
0: that's just bull feathers. And then secondly, this I like a lot. The FBI really expended a lot of resources on what this guy was saying. They worked really hard to try and prove or disprove it. And boy, all of those resources—that makes his lies material. Well, the FBI works really hard to prove or disprove anybody's statement. So, so again, I, I'm just concerned that this is a huge stretch, and I don't know where Durham's going with this. But I'm increasingly concerned that he's got an agenda that's not necessarily in the public service. Um, and and if it, go, I I think he's hoping for for guilty pleas. Because if this goes to a jury, I, I'm not sure it's going to work.
1: Yeah, and not to mention about materiality. These lies, these lies. two lies, happened a year after, more than a year after Crossfire Hurricane was opened with criminal predication. Uh, so they have nothing to do with. Uh, you know, when I first heard that there was a that there was an indictment coming down, I tweeted out. And, oh, we don't know what it is yet, but the New York Times says it's got to do with somebody who was part of the dossier. I was like, you know what this sounds like? It sounds like somebody leaked it. Durham leaked it to the press to get them to say that before you put out what was in the meat of of the indictment. And I said, I bet it's got nothing to do with the opening of the Trump-Russia probe, Uh, whatever it is.
0: As we said, in the very first paragraph of this indictment, what does he lead with? Crossfire hurricane, implying it's all based on the dossier, which it was not. So, um, look, we're we're in the place in this in this country where you're going to watch your news network of choice. You're going to believe I already see on social media. That's it. It's all over. You know, it was all house cards. See, it's, it's nothing. There's nothing about the Russia case. OK, that's fine. We will forget about the, the two dozen Russians indicted, the hacking, the propaganda and the actual facts that Carter Page was under investigation previously, that Crossfire Hurricane was opened before the dossier, that the IG said the Carter Page update would have happened anyway. But we'll just forget about all that.
1: It's the same talking points we've been saying over and over again to push back against the disinformation that the Steele dossier was the predicate for opening any of these investigations, be it Mueller probe, Crossfire Hurricane, or getting the FISA warrant signed off for Carter Page, who was mm-hmm. not working for the Trump campaign at that point and who nothing ever happened. Uh, now, again, you were right. Lying to the FBI is a big deal. But what does it say? What I can't understand is, I thought Durham was a pretty straight shooter, mm-hmm. and I can't understand why he's bending to this narrative. Uh, I'm first of all, I'm surprised grand juries put these indictments forward. But let's, you know, okay. Um, what would be the motivation to do this? I mean, why would you do this to yourself if you're Durham?
0: So I, I and I've told you this before, I. I worked for John Durham before I was ever an FBI agent. I was his intern uh, on an organized crime strike force in Connecticut that, that he headed up. Worked I worked directly with him. He is a solid career prosecutor. But, you know, he's, I mean, this is the guy you if, you, if your family member's a victim of a federal crime, you want this guy going after the bad guy. Sure, absolutely. And he's worked very sensitive cases involving FBI misconduct, CIA misconduct. He, he's done it all. Okay, so motivation. I think he's a true believer. I think he's in he's in the mold of uh, Bill Barr that appointed him. Remember this indictment. Reading this indictment, I had I had flashbacks to Bill Barr's uh, four-page summary of of the uh, Mueller uh, report, right where he got out in front of it and summarized it all wrong and shaped it and convinced the public there's nothing really here. Uh, I, I that's it looks a lot like this indictment. I'm shaping this narrative. I'm telling you my belief, my story. I think he's a, he's a true believer. I think he's uh, on the far right. He's I think he's an ultra conservative. I think he believes he's doing God's work, literally, um, when he kind of takes down anybody that was going after uh, the GOP candidate who was going to save the world. I think that's, that's where this might be coming from.
1: A lot of some people have um, posited some sort of pressure, compromise, compromised. You know that he's compromised somehow, Um mm. but yeah, no, I think you're right. I think he's just in that sort of camp in that train. Because th- you know there were times when when we got the the texts between Manafort and Hannity, and it sort of answered the questions: Do these assholes believe their own bullshit? Yes. These these te- unless they were texting thinking they would get out, yeah. they seem to believe yeah. everything that that Trump was feeding them. And that's, to me, more frightening than somebody diabolical making it up or somebody blackmailing somebody to say something.
0: I agree. I, I agree. Um, you know, and you, you've got two choices when the fork in the road comes and, you know, you've been tasked to, to do something, find something, and you can't find it really in a substantive way. You can say, look, I'm done. I'm done here. It's not here. And that's the high road. And that's the, that's the hard ethical thing to do. Or you can go, God darn it, now I've got to kind of salvage this and my, you know, kind of in a twisted way, I've got to salvage my legacy by finding something. And so he's find, he's finding something, yes, whether it has legs or not, where it's going, whether he's going to go higher and now say, OK, I've discounted the I've discounted this the steel dossier somehow, which he's not, by the way, it's not. But he he thinks he has. Um, and now I'm going to go after, you know, executives at FBI who um, pressed this hurt, crossfire hurricane case. Oh, okay, we we still got a we still got a special counsel out of it that resulted in all these indictments. So I don't. Where 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 are you so where where are you going with this? I don't know.
1: Yeah, and I I think that Garland Attorney General Garland is going to tend to let him continue going. I mean, he approved his budget. He's sort of hands off here. He's allowed these indictments to happen. I don't know that he necessarily had a choice, but he certainly, I'm sure, was informed about it. There were mm-hmm. there have been letters that have gone to him from Sussman's lawyers before the indictment came out, saying, "Don't let this indictment stand." Uh, he he uh, let oh. it go forward. I haven't seen that letter, um, but he he's sort of allowing this to go forward, and and I think that that's I think a lot of people think that that sucks, uh, but I also think it's probably the best thing to do to avoid even the appearance politicization
0: right. yeah think of the alternative right imagine imagine the headlines uh, ag steps in and dismisses uh, durham just as he was on the cusp of getting to the truth right no i think the alternative that garland's taking is smart okay you go with that that's your story yep get that to a jury let defense counsels take care of you let's see where this goes sure okay yeah, yeah. No, or like, even
1: pretrial motions after bills of particulars, right, where where they where they're going to be asking to dismiss this case, either based on materiality and the merits or mm-hmm. simply based on the fact that Durham was appointed under mm-hmm. no authority. Um, I, I have to counsel. tell you, if, I, if I'm
0: defense uh, defense counsel for um, either Sussman or, or uh, Danchenko, I'm I'm calling to the witness stand FBI agents mm-hmm. and I'm going to ask them the questions. Did you materially rely on Christopher Steele's dossier for anything? Did you, um, would things have been any different if you knew this truth that Danchenko lied about who he thought was on an anonymous call or not?
1: Call Horowitz, call the inspector general. Call
0: call Horowitz, exactly. So, you know, Durham's a a bright guy. He must have fought three and four steps ahead here,
1: but- Call Jim Baker.
0: But FBI agents calling Durham a liar is going to be fascinating in, in court. Let's see what happens.
1: Yeah, especially with the likes of Jim Baker, Inspector General Horowitz, uh, anybody oh. else who, you know, <laughs> it's going to be interesting.
0: Yeah, stay tuned.
1: Yeah, stay tuned for sure. Thank you so much. Everybody check out the Bureau and you have to read the FBI way if you haven't. It's it's it, I've. I'm t- I tell everybody, Frank. It applies to every facet of life. Whether you're running a business or you're trying to get your personal shit in order, whatever it is, the FBI way is a good way. Uh, yeah, that's the
0: that's the uh, you know that's the happiest thing about the book for me is people are applying it to all kinds of situations, um, and it's great. And the paperback will come out in January.
1: Ooh, fancy! Awesome. That'd be a great gift. My birthday's in January. Everybody, of course, I have a copy of the book. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, thank you so much. I appreciate your time, Frank. And, hey, uh, we'll see you soon. Well, I, let us know what's coming up on the bureau.
0: Yeah, we've got uh, every Tuesday we release a new episode this week. Check it out. We've talked to the FBI's official historian. Who knew, right, that the FBI has an historian? Why? So we don't repeat the sins of the past. We study things like Black Panthers and the FBI, MLK and the FBI, and he teaches new agents at the academy about this. So we're gonna learn about how the FBI preserves its culture while learning from its mistakes. We're also gonna learn about how you get your own FBI file or anybody else's for that matter. Um, yeah, that, check out check out this week's episode.
1: Awesome, thank you so much, appreciate it. Everybody stick around, we'll be right back with a Fantasy Indictment League. Hey, everyone, this segment of the show is brought to you by Aura. Most credit card companies do a good job of protecting you against fraudulent purchases. But what if a scammer files for unemployment in your name or if your social media accounts are hacked? Aura's protection goes well beyond your credit cards. Aura protects your online finances, personal information, and tech from online threats. It's all-in-one protection from identity theft, financial fraud, malware, scam sites, and so much more. You'll be alerted to fraudulent activity and threats fast with Aura. For example, if your online accounts or passwords are compromised, or if someone tries to open a bank account in your name, boom, you get an alert. Aura solutions are easy to set up. All plans come with a proactive $1 million ID theft insurance. And you can always get in touch with a U.S.-based customer service member at any time to help you out. Aura is a new type of security service that protects all your online information and devices with one simple subscription. With an easy online dashboard and alerts sent straight to your phone, Aura keeps you in control and guides you through solving any issues for a limited time. Aura is offering our listeners up to 40% off plans when you visit Aura.com MSW. Go to Aura.com MSW to get complete protection and savings of up to 40%. That's Aura, A-U-R-A dot com, slash, MSW. All right, everybody, welcome back. Are you ready for Sabotage? And this story comes from Murray Wass. Any longtime listener, Mueller, she wrote, knows his work. Wass broke more than two dozen significant stories regarding special counsel Robert Mueller's investigation, focusing primarily on whether Trump obstructed justice. He did. Those stories appeared in the New York Review of Books, the New York Times, Vox, and Foreign Policy. Wass broke the first story, disclosing that former FBI Director Comey had corroborated with witnesses when it came to his allegations that Trump ordered him to shut down an FBI investigation into Flynn. Remember that? Special Counsel Mueller investigated Comey's allegations as potential obstruction of justice. Trump and his political supporters... Had prior to WASA's story argued that Trump would not face serious legal jeopardy as a result of Comey's allegations because whatever was said or transpired was based solely on the word of the President of the United States versus the FBI director he had fired. We have to keep in mind that it's one person's record of what happened. That was RNC Chair Rana Romney McDaniel, she said on Fox News. The only two people who know what happened were the President and Jim Comey. Eh, guess what, Rana? Remember the Comey Five? Remember these from early Kitchen Days episodes? On June 7th, 2017, a report in Vox was disclosed that Comey contemporaneously spoke at length with three of his top aides about the president ordering to shut down the investigation of Flynn. Wass wrote, quote, those three officials, according to people familiar with the details, were Jim Rubicki, Comey's chief of staff and senior counselor, James Baker, who is now wrapped up in this Sussman indictment by the illegitimate Durham investigating the oranges and the FBI's general counsel. uh, He was the FBI's general counsel and Andy McCabe, the bureau's deputy director. We all know what happened to them. Comey himself confirmed that this was a case when he testified to the Senate Intelligence Committee the following day in response to questions. He was prompted uh, by the Wass story. Was also was one of the first reporters to disclose how Trump attempted to exploit the DOJ to improperly investigate his perceived political enemies. On November 9th, 2018, Was reported in Vox that then acting attorney general Matthew fucking Whitaker privately provided advice to the president last year on how the White House might be able to pressure the Justice Department to investigate the president's political adversaries. More specifically, also disclosing for the the first time that Whitaker had counseled the president in private on how the White House might be able to pressure the Justice Department to name a special counsel to investigate Hillary Clinton. And this week, Murray Wass reached out to me on Twitter with his latest, which I immediately retweeted and is now this week's sabotage. Wass writes the following for The Guardian. Quote, federal prosecutors in the Southern District have compiled a list of more than two dozen specific acts by Rudy Giuliani. Tonzing and DeGeneva as to how to advance their personal and political interests uh, and their or the personal and political interests of a group of Ukrainian prosecutors and political factions in Ukraine with which they were aligned. Prosecutors considered each one of these acts to be crucial evidence of a potential violation of the law. In a previously undisclosed episode, The Guardian has learned that federal investigators have uncovered extensive detailed plans devised by Lutsenko, that's a former Ukrainian prosecutor, and approved by Giuliani, by which they would announce and promote an investigation of Joe Biden and his son Hunter in Ukraine to help boost Trump's chances of re election. Investigators as early as last year obtained emails received and sent by Lutsenko describing various elements of the scheme. And that's according to a source close to the investigation. This is new info. Trump and conservative news outlets from 2019 until the present day have made baseless allegations. Since thoroughly debunked that Biden, as vice president, pressured Ukraine to fire its prosecutor general for investigating Burisma, upon whose board Hunter Biden sat. Trump claimed this without evidence and that Biden sought the firing of the prosecutor so his son would escape scrutiny. Trump hoped to make the allegations a centerpiece of his reelection campaign. As part of that effort, Lutsenko and then Prosecutor General of Ukraine, analogous to the Attorney General in the United States, agreed to publicly announce a criminal investigation in Ukraine of Biden and Hunter. Lutsenko uh, um, simultaneously had been a driving force to award Giuliani, Tonzing, and DeGeneva the hundreds of thousands of dollars in legal retainers in contracts, according to the same sources. Only the unexpected election of the new president, Volodymyr Zelensky with whom the plotting Ukrainian prosecutors had little or no influence, led them to abandon their plan. Although only briefly, because Trump was obsessed with getting it back on track as soon as possible. And to that end, in July of 2019, Trump made his infamous perfect call to Zelensky. At the time, he was withholding $400 million in military aid to Ukraine. We know this story well. Federal investigators have obtained a document and witness statements detailing how the three Ukrainian prosecutors would, at Giuliani's behest, help Trump and Giuliani promote the Biden-Ukraine allegations, even if there was no truth in them. First, Lutsenko would publicly declare he was reopening a long, dormant investigation of Burisma and that the Bidens were under investigation as part of that inquiry. Lutsenko's deputy, one of them, named Kulik, would take charge of the portion of the investigation that focused on the Bidens and publicly verify any allegations of wrongdoing on their part. And finally, Shokin, Former prosecutor general of Ukraine, who had previously investigated Burisma, agreed to allege publicly that Biden had fired him to quash an investigation of Burisma he'd conducted earlier. Giuliani and Lutsenko reached a preliminary agreement in March of 2019 between Giuliani and the Ukrainian Ministry of Justice and the Republic of Ukraine to assist Ukraine in recovering money in overseas bank accounts, Lutsenko said was owed to the government of Ukraine. Various drafts of the contracts called for Giuliani to receive either three hundred dollars or $500,000 for his work. Then acting on Giuliani's strong recommendation, Lutsenko, Kulik, and Shokin agreed to pay two lawyers, Tonzing and DeGeneva, at least a quarter of a million dollars to represent them as a means to publicize their various allegations about the Bidens. On 12 April 2019, Tonzing and DeGeneva sent a draft retainer um, to Lutsenko and Kulik, agreeing to represent both men and help uncover evidence of illegal conduct in Ukraine regarding the United States, an apparent reference to the allegations about the Bidens as a hundred and twenty five thousand dollar retainer. Three days later, on April fifteenth, Tonesing and Geneva sent a similar retainer to Shokin, agreeing to represent him for the purpose of collective evidence regarding his March twenty sixteen firing as Prosecutor General of Ukraine and the role of the Vice President Joe Biden in that firing and presenting such evidence to U.S. and foreign authorities. That was $125,000. Total, quarter of a million. But a week later, their plans were suddenly upended when Ukraine overwhelmingly elected Volodymyr Zelensky. The draft retainer between Tunzing and DeGeneva and the Ukrainians demonstrates that compliance with Farah was on their mind, and they know what it is. Because the draft uh, contracts for all three stated, client acknowledges... That he has been advised that the firm's services may entail services subject to the mandatory disclosure under United States law, in particular the Foreign Agents Registration Act, requiring the firm to register as a foreign agent and report some of its activities on behalf of particular political parties or entities. That's in the fucking retainer. So DeGeneva and Tonzing and Giuliani can't turn around and say, oh no, Farah, can't be too dumb to crime when you put it in black and white. Federal investigators have also reviewed records and questioned witnesses regarding an instance where Tonzing had registered as a foreign agent. Tonzing previously represented the Kurdistan Democratic Party, largest political party in Iraqi Kurdistan, and the party's representatives in the United States and Canada. That 2017 representation might prove to be powerful evidence for prosecutors if they were to charge Tonzing because it demonstrates both her familiarity and experience with the Foreign Agents Registration Act. Another incentive for Tonzik, DeGeneva, and Giuliani to avoid registering as foreign agents was that their work required secrecy. Although Poroshenko, the outgoing president, was willing to go along with backing the investigation into the Bidens, Zelensky was not, because there was no factual basis, and they refused to proceed. And that's when Trump and Giuliani engaged in their campaign to force Zelensky to announce such an investigation by withholding $400 million in military aid. Still wanting to aid Trump and Giuliani, but not wanting to have to publicly disclose details of their activities, Tonzinga to Geneva moved forward with providing pretty much the same services to the three Ukrainians, but without a formal retainer letter and no longer seeking to be paid. Tess capolotto a Washington-based attorney who has counseled clients on Farah matters for more than a decade, says that providing services for a foreign client free or not ex- executing a formal contract does not excuse you from registering as a foreign agent and disclosing their activities to the public in almost all such instances. Federal prosecutors have identified more than two dozen specific acts by Juliana Tonesing into Geneva, the non-disclosure of which they believe constitutes evidence of FARA violations. These include everything from attempting to obtain a visa for Shokin, to visit the U.S., uh, to having Trump fire the U.S. ambassador to Ukraine, who the Ukrainian prosecutors considered an adversary to DeGeneva, amplifying their story on Fox News, all part of lobbying for a foreign country without registering. Papers unsealed in federal court in the Southern District on 28 September shed further light on the investigation. They described materials federal prosecutors have sought, including, quote, retainer agreements, with any Ukrainian national, including former Prosecutor General Yuri Lutsenko, and, quote, evidence of knowledge of feral laws. That's that, what, what, what was was just talking about. The fact that it's in their retainer. Hey, we might have to disclose. We don't want to. So then they went to work for free and didn't get paid. Wonder where that money came from eventually. The answer is Dmitry Firtash. <laughs> the answer is fraud guarantee. And uh, a source who has seen the search warrant for Giuliani says it also listed some 12 people investigators are seeking information on. Those include all three Ukrainian prosecutors, Lutsenko, Shokin, and Kulik. And the search warrant also sought any records in Giuliani's possession relevant to his communications with Tonzing and DeGeneva. Oh! Probably maybe some communication about FARA or registering that is proof that they know the FARA laws. Anyway, please support The Guardian. Please follow Murray Wass for crucial reporting on ongoing investigations that matter to us. And with that, let's play the Fantasy Indictment League. I'm going to be indicted! No, wait, it's going to be okay. Indicted! Oh, honey, Dick. Indicted! Honey. Okay. I'm going to be indicted! Hold oh, it, they, they can't. It's going to be okay. Just calm down. I can't calm down. I'm going to be indicted! All right, pretty simple for me this week. I got Rudy, Shoken, Lutsenko, Kulik, Tonzing, DeGeneva. Boom. And then I'm going to add to my team, because I decided I can pick 10 now, because I made this whole thing up, Gates, superseding Weiselberg, superseding Trump Org, and a Tom Barrick plea agreement. Anyway, those are my picks. And that is the show. Until next week, please take care of yourselves, take care of each other, take care of the planet, and take care of your mental health. I've been Allison Gill, and this is Mueller She Wrote. M. S. W. (laughs) Media.